on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. It's like a plane going over. And here's your host, a man who gives me Torchwood, Derek McCall. <laughs> it's a burning sensation. <laughs> wow. Best, best reference that Lon will make to British television ever. Yeah, um, ever. <laughs> I think Pete. Benny Hill is next. <laughs> oh, lordy. Well, but it's nice to have Lon back as my announcer, and it's nice to hear the theme song again, even though that's being edited later. <laughs> it's just nice to be here at Elusive Comics and Games after, what, three weeks out? Home again, home, home again. Home again, jiggity jig. 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104 in Santa Clara, where I'm going to say up top, because I don't want to forget, next week... That would be uh, August 11th. I have ha- had confirmation. Not only is David Tishman signing here at the store. 11th or 12th? Uh, wait, today is the yeah, it's the 12th. You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway, the next Wednesday, the 12th, David Tishman has confirmed via email that he will uh, he plans to take over the podcast next week and discuss, <laughs> warned us. And discuss conspiracy theories because he has a new book <laughs> coming out called Red Herring. Uh, he is also, uh, in the past, he was written Star Trek Year 4 for IDW. He wrote uh, uh, Greatest Hits for Vertigo most recently and Bite Club with Howard Chaikin and American Century, both for Vertigo as well. So very, very intriguing comic book writer. It's uh, We're looking forward to having him as a guest. I'm looking so, forward to having him do the bi- podcast. And I, I said, oh, we'll just, I'll we'll, set we'll, the mics we'll, up we and can go sit on. back, maybe get some yeah. snacks. Want to order out for pizza next week? Yeah. You know, we'll just, just sit, good. So go ahead, Dish. Go ahead. All right. So uh, anyway, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I uh, had my fabulous announcer. Lon Lopez. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a guest commentator. But not really a guest because she's a semi-regular. At the, and uh, our archivist. Archivist. And, I, I like uh, the way her whole face hits behind the pop screen. <laughs> it's very good. And then she gets <laughs> like she's in mourning. So our lighting director and archivist. Stephanie Rodriguez, mm-hmm. <laughs> who who actually wrote a couple of articles for us at Comic Con, so she's become a legit. photographer, and she's a photographer. <laughs> Did some great photos in there. She can sneak in where we can't. In fact, I can. That is true. I fit in small <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't know if you saw her dangling from the ceiling of the convention center, <laughs> a, but she got some great overhead shots. Yes, <laughs> sort of like that. Where does she get these wonderful, wonderful toys? <laughs> I do not know. And of course, across from me. Producer, I'm just going to say that. Podcast producer, moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Indeed. And here we are. We've all made our way back from Southern California. Grantor of dreams. Grant, uh, yes, you tried. <laughs> I still do not have a gleek. I know you don't. <laughs> but he tried. He tried to fill your gleek. Good Lord, did he try. Oh, Rick tried. Anyway, um, but that's between Mattel and myself and, uh, and your lawyer. Crack band of commandos. Uh, so we are back in. Should we just stay? Uh, we've, we've got Stephanie here for a limited amount of time. Uh, so let's just uh, do kind of our Comic Con recap. Okay. Cap, that was cap, I'll, I'll add. I'll do that again. I'll add echo in later. <laughs> Comic Con recap. Okay, that's good. Okay. Uh, 
Well, we all made it back. So uh, some of us barely Mikey made it there. Mikey didn't make it back. Who didn't? Mikey, the little kid who was with at the beginning. Uh, I, it's not ringing a bell. Uh-oh. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I thought he was staying with you. No, what? No. Casualties of war, people. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we should have invited David Tapia in for this. No, no, no. Okay. no anyway, okay. uh, one person here, it was their very first time at Comic-Con, and he made it back alive, Rick Retschneider. Yeah, and I, I kind of regret the uh, – not regret. I, I heard you talking with Carr and talking about how I was scared or something on the first day. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was just amazed at how many people there were. I mean, it's like the, – <laughs> the people. They just kept flooding, and it's like coming like refugees leaving the other side of the city coming into the <laughs> – Hall. It, felt, it really felt like the city was empty. Like Comic Con, your third world experience. <laughs> exactly. They came from the anime <laughs> district. Carrying all their possessions on their back. They came from the anime district of San Diego. It's a little known uh, ghetto there, where they all have blue hair. Exactly. Uh, but they're young. Yes. I had a great time. I can't wait to go again. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. Long. Oh, what are we talking? about? I don't know. We're talking about Comic Con. Any? You know, uh, your we, overall summary. You know. We could go on for day. Where do we start? Let's start at the. Beginning. You know what? Let's start. Let's start on Thursday. Okay. Pre. Okay. Let's start at the beginning. Preview night. I think we already talked about this that night. Yeah, we did. I thought it was actually kind of nice. And I heard a rumor. Tell me if you can confirm or deny this rumor. Maybe I heard it from you. Uh, limiting preview night next year to like twelve thousand people. No, I have not heard that. But really? that's a rumor I heard. I don't know where I heard it. That is but interesting. I do not know. Um, Doubt they would do it, but you I know. heard a lot of uh, a lot of complaint uh, again for limiting, um, but also again as happens every year the thing, the threat of we're going to have to move this con. It's going to have to go to Las Vegas or it's going to have to go to Los Angeles. Uh, as far or as they're I, just going to have to build a bigger convention. Well, I but I heard that uh, the first day I was there, they were talking about how they're going to expand the. Yeah, convention. San Diego is trying to expand the convention center, and they don't want to lose the nerd no, money. No, no, should they? But but let's be honest too. That's good could, money, though. Could, good it's money. not only is that nerd money good, but the weather in San Diego. Mm-hmm. If you can venture outside, I don't, did any of us venture outside? I, was I did. Outside for Hall H, the line oh, okay. <laughs> went all the way to the water. Yeah, that could have used some boats. shade, though. <laughs> Sunscreen, yeah. but there were still there are. Still Still, far, like, could you imagine being outside? You know, it, just Las Vegas uh, at that time of it's a dry summer, heat. It's a dry heat. It would still be 112. Yeah. Um, and uh, and L.A. was a little hotter. I mean, it was a little cooler there last week. We had a day of 86 or 87. Uh, but San Diego's weather is so nice. And then if you're actually dragging your family. Uh, I I don't know who's doing that, but oh, Stephanie, Stephanie's family actually mm-hmm. you know, dropped you off, right? But yeah, yeah, there are so many other things to do in San Diego that are family friendly. I mean, Los Angeles has that to some extent too, but it, it still just seems like within reason, you know, a financial reasonability. San Diego is the good place. It's, good it, it's the good place to stay. So I I, I I'm not going to give any credence to those rumors. No, I, I think San Diego is going to work it, but the. The viewpoint that I hadn't really gotten, I went to uh, David Seedman, who is um, uh, works for NBM and Paper Cuts uh, graphic novels. They do the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, oh, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of and Tales from the Crypt. Uh, he holds in Los Angeles a comics professional dinner every month, and so this I since I was there in LA the week after, I was able to actually attend for the first time, and it was interesting that kind of the perspective. Uh, one of the people sitting at the table with me was uh, an entertainment lawyer, and and she kind of and she pointed out that what has changed as far as the sellouts is now not only have the studios kind of invaded and taken over as far as um, 
you know, doing the panels and and showing off their wares, but they're also the ones buying huge blocks oh, of yeah, four day tickets. Floor. Oh, really? Of the four day tickets, and that's why it's selling out because because even the smallest production company is buying like twenty tickets so they can reward their employees. Uh-huh. And I know this from a friend at Disney that you know that was it went out and emailed. Do you want to get? You know, we've got X amount of Comic Con passes. Do you want to go? Mm. And so it's a, a reward to employees. So again, what used to be very fan driven ah. on a four day thing is now that's really corrupting, really. very industry driven because everybody that's get, able to get in for the four days is industry. But we saw a lot of families with the one day passes because they it's going to turn in into like E three where like only industry people can get in. Well, I'd say it's not a convention so much anymore as an expo. Mm. It has become exactly this is what our wares are. This is what's coming. Uh, I mean, I still think there was enough of the comics kind of stuff. Like I was talking to Troy Benson earlier tonight about maybe we'll get a feedback of the business side of things because he went to the uh, panels about the legalities involved in comic books, and he went to the panels with the old guard like Jerry Robinson and that um, and Mark Avenier was was uh, moderating. So I mean that, that 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 convention is still there. It's just very hard to find that convention because mm-hmm. even if you wanted to go to that panel. If you wanted to go to uh, anything in Hall H, that's you're camping out. You can't do both things. Yeah, you but have to choose. But that's one. the way it's been for the last few years, and we've we've well, definitely talked about that. But we should talk about the controversy of Hall H because controversy. Well, all the signs yeah, said me. said uh, Twilight spoiled Comic Con. Okay, <laughs> now I, again, you know that's just back fan and there is an and argument that photo, to be made. That photo I ran of those kids that was at four thirty on Sunday afternoon. I said way past the point, and I heard from uh, Jay Dobbs Rosa who had done a couple pieces for us. He was at the masquerade on Saturday night and standing in line. He said it was the weirdest viral anthropology he had seen was that somebody had that sign. Yeah. And then suddenly, people are, people are turning around and grabbing pieces of paper and writing it so they can have that in line. So right. it's like the free hug stuff. Which is another one that just disturbs and me. And did you ever see anyone get hugged? No. I, I, did, I, did he, I did see people getting taunted to hug. Take the hug. Take it. <laughs> Take it. You know what? Open gonna, your I'm arms. Gonna, I'm going to counterpoint, though, and say that Twilight... My, my actually, hugs, by the way, cost. Twilight might have actually helped Comic-Con in the sense that... It took 6,000 or so plus the couple thousand that were waiting to get in off, off of the, the convention floor. floor. Okay, I'll buy that. What actually made going around a lot easier. So. Here's, here's the argument that I heard and the solution I think that would work. And that is that you had people going because the Twilight – what time was the Twilight conference? Here? It was like was Thursday at like one. 2? Well, 1, one or, or 2. two. Yeah. So these – the people going in there for that – got in there first thing in the morning and camped mm-hmm. through a bunch of sessions that they weren't necessarily interested mm-hmm. in. And I heard there was a lot of people like having discussions during uh, being basically rude to the people at the panels who were up there because well, again, they weren't not, interested in anything it's also up until the, Twilight. That the Twilight demographic is not exactly the most polite group in but the world. But let's also so, say, though, that that doesn't happen here? just for Twilight. No, no, no. But hear, hear me out. <laughs> so that, that they were basically taking seats for, against people who wanted to see the sessions they were in. My argument is identify those kind of niche um, sessions and put them early in the program. So they go in there, they see what okay, they want to see, and, here's and then move the, out. Here's the counter-argument. Apparently okay. that wa- that request was made of Comic-Con. Oh, they actually did it and because Twilight was actually after 
the scheduled Twilight panel was after James Cameron's Avatar, mm-hmm. and they rescheduled it, so they moved it. They switched slots. Well, and what it was because a lot of people. And I'll they, tell you why they did that is because people complained. Cameron was the only, maybe the only filmmaker powerful enough to make the switch. Because the argument right. back, as apparently uh, someone at the dinner I was at said, hey, they'd had a conversation with the Comic Con management, and the thing was, we cannot dictate to studios. Studios tell us. When what time they they're going to be there? When they can be there, when they can get the talent yeah. there. I don't know. I think Comic-Con needs to exercise a little bit more. Well, in which case, I think there's probably – probably it was a lot of defensiveness because really that was – the meme of the convention was Twilight had ruined everything. And if you were the guy at the, in the office and they're going, just shut up about Twilight. I don't want another call. Because it didn't ruin it. Okay, no, it, was, no, it didn't ruin everything. I was only using that as an identifier no, for the situation. But it was a big but story. I, I could not get into the earlier Hall H sessions. And that was Disney. So you, a lot of people would have missed yeah. uh, Johnny, Depp. Johnny Depp's strange yeah. little appearance. Yeah. And so. but let's just let's just be real about the whole thing. There's a lot of Twilight haters, whatever. But Comic Con is about having stuff like that for the fans. I love Absolutely. the fact that it comes down to gang terms. Don't be a Twilight hater. Don't be a said? don't be a no. Twilight hater. Anyways, my point is, I'm not necessarily a fan of Twilight, but at, at being a Comic Con goer. That's what Comic Con's all about: having panels, having the opportunity for fans to go see their panels, and and just give them that opportunities to get close and to see stuff and, and whatever. Again, and that's what it's about. So if you're gonna, like for example, I camped out all day to see Iron Man on Saturday. So it's kind of one of that's just what you have to do now. That's the reality of Comic Con now. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. Twilight, Iron Man, it doesn't matter. And it is hard to work both sides of it to be both press. And to attend as a fan, and I maybe and for, so from my perspective, that's the change. Not the change. It's very hard to get into being in any panels because I can't afford to take that time to stand in line for two hours. For and you know, they should. That's something that I think that should be addressed. Is can there be an express press line, or can there be like, can you get invited to jump along? Like, say, say for example, like during press Actually, releases. Actually, okay, so. Uh, I had the experience on Sunday that I was sat in on a press conference for Alien Trespass mm-hmm. with Eric McCormick, uh, and it looks really good. I still haven't had a chance to watch it. But by, by the way, we have DVDs to give away of Alien Trespass. Oh, excellent. Yes. Uh, so I'll be running a contest on that uh, next week. And um, they, at that, gave me a ticket that said I, could, right. I could then get if into the If you're a guest of the, the studio or something like that, that's okay. But I'm just saying it's like, Stuff like you know, because here's the thing, Comic Con's still going off. Let's say the programming ways from five years ago, but now it's a sold out, hundred twenty thousand. Well, and and the other thing, attended and beast, they, and they don't know how to handle press right now because, quite honestly, and there's a lot of fakers out there. There's a lot of fakers, and I'm not. I, I don't want to tar anybody, but I mean, I you know, it, it's after nine years of Fanboy Planet, we get a lot of the TV stuff. We're still not qualifying for a lot of the legit movie stuff. There, you know, I understand. What are you talking about? Yeah. You did Watchmen last year. I did. Yeah, yeah. that's true. We got Solomon Kane this year. Yeah, we got Solomon Kane this year. But but you know, we don't. We're still not in. It's with, just a scheduling thing. We're still not in with Paramount. No, nobody's contacted us from Paramount to say you want to come and cut and and. Was Paramount even there? Uh, Iron Man Two. That's Marvel. Paramount. No, nah, it's Marvel. Though. Okay, but Marvel is not. Because I think wasn't. 
Wasn't Paramount one of the studios that said they didn't want to do Comic-Con? Or no, is that Fox? Fox, but Fox still did. Did they come up? Um, but, but anyway, Marvel has never contacted us to, to get us, to talk, let us talk to anybody. Well, they're Marvel. They're... But, but, you know, ain't it cool news gets in there. I understand. Those are the yeah. guys that were there first, comic book resources. I understand that. You do what you can, but, buddy. But what you say, I'm not, I'm not upset about that for myself. I'm saying there's just so many, and it's hard for them to sure. sift through. Who's legit? And everybody's legit in their own head. Sure. But who's, you know, who are people listening to? So who's like to? too legit, right? Too legit to quit. Uh, and we are. Right. We are too legit to quit. Um, you know, so, uh, but, you know, and, and we still have fun. Like, I mean, I, I certainly had a really good time. You know, I got into the prisoner panel. And great. and that was a great panel. And then we got to talk to uh, does, Jim, Jim Caviezel afterwards. It looks, see a preview? It looks great. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Ian McKellen was in it. Well, now so you do. I, I there do. you go. Yes. So uh, it was a great panel. It was intriguing. We, I, we talked to the writer uh, of, of the of the prisoner and yep. uh, some time with Jim Caviezel. It was uh, that interview is on last the last podcast from me. Okay. Well, we have, I I still want to uh, transcribe those because I don't know. <coughs> yeah, some people listening. like to read. Some people like to read. <laughs> me, one. I there can I go. just say too back to the the big things. Was it just me or was Thursday the new Saturday? At Comic-Con. I think they just made an effort, and it was a good effort, to spread the wealth around. Right, but it seemed like, for example, like all the posters that you saw in downtown San Diego were Avatar. So Avatar is the big draw of the convention. And it's Thursday. And it's the first day of the convention. Now, most people, at least in the area, go for the one day on Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. Or at least that's the way it used to be. But now all the PR companies, maybe it's because they're trying to get all their work done during the week, so or they maybe can go Cameron home Friday wanted night. to do it on Thursday. Mr. Possibly, Cam- Mr. Cameron scuba dives on Saturdays. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Cameron, Twilight. There were a lot of different things that were going down on Thursday mm-hmm. that made Thursday the day to be at Comic Con, which was really weird because Thursday is usually the first day where they just kind of throw a couple things at you and you know whatever. Well, you'd think with all that, that there would be time then there would be less lines to get things like tribbles and and gleeks. Oh, but, that's know. a that's a whole other conversation. Actually, that Paramount line moved real fast. It really did. I got in it twice. Two foam fingers. Yay. You got two foam yeah. fingers and I the got three and the communicator. Wow, I got nothing. Oh, we got nothing. We you didn't stand in line. No. Can we talk about the swag, though? I'm glad there was a line, though, instead of a free-for-all. What was your favorite year? swag Well, line? see, that's what I wanted to just talk about that is the free-for-all. Oh, look. Der- there it is. <laughs> Stephanie just handed with a triple. I didn't expect it to look like that. It doesn't purr when you squeeze it. No, I they tried. didn't have any. I know. That's okay. Okay. Derek is rubbing the tribble all over his face. Mm. No, but uh, that s- swag definitely changed this year. It was line. You had to get in line. What you had to get a ticket to get in line well, you had to, to get, get your swag. You had to get in line to get mm-hmm. a ticket to get in line to get your swag. Right. Because Whereas before, like Stephanie said, it used to be a free for all, which actually I thought was a little more manageable, or at least you know. You could like come, you know, come back in two hours and we'll throw a T-shirt at you or whatever. Oh, you, well, you know, and you could carry, have your blow darts and you could knock a few out that way. And it now, see, or if you're small, you could crawl to the front. See, see, see we had see, our ways. See? Yeah, but now you had to walk the convention floor. <laughs> That's why I got those posters last year. <laughs> see, there you go. But she is a hardened battle warrior. But now yeah. you're, you're walking, yeah. and maybe that was the other thing that kind of eased up people on the floor was they weren't. You know, they were in line for swag, so they couldn't be walking the floor and crowding everything. I mean, that's well, there's something to that's that. That's why it just seemed. I don't know. It was crazy. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, because the the funniest one to me, and I don't think we talked about it, was the the line to get a convention T-shirt. 
Yeah, oh, where where I've never had a problem. I've always just walked up to the booth and gone, okay, well, great. Maybe maybe stood in line. Or the fact yeah. that they shut it down early because the line was unmanageable. Or <laughs> on Wednesday night, oh, and then and then was it? I guess it was Thursday that I stood in line and and then I realized uh, I have to go off to an interview. I can't. Uh, it was okay. It was far far more valuable to sit next to Kristen Bell than to um, right. But that was the thing. It's like you're sitting there going, I'm only at Comic Con for four days. I'm going to wait in line for four hours to get this poster or this foam hand well, or whatever. Me, but, yeah. here, but here's you know how ridiculous that, that the T-shirt line was. was It wrapped around that booth, and then it said line continues across the aisle. It was, it was like – The line to get the T-shirt was faster than the line to pay for it. Well, that's true too, but it, but, but the, it wasn't across the aisle. It was like – Five boots over yes. against the wall with a guy saying, line continues line, here, yeah. goes back. Yeah. And then they would take little – like a search party out and they would bring <laughs> right. a group over to the booth. This is the Paramount booth. No, this was uh, this was to get the T-shirts. For the, the T-shirts? Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't have that line. Yeah. I just walked right up. No, by Friday or Saturday. Yeah. We, we, and later we, we went. And I, right. I panicked early because I've, I've had a year where I didn't get a T-shirt because they um. sold out. And uh, so I was like, I can see why you panicked. So I, I always like to get the T-shirt, you know, especially this year being a Blackest Night one. Now, it looked cool. Was this the first year where they were doing that whole ticket thing to get in line, get a line, get ticket? Because well, it seemed the, to me like the, that just kind of manifests on Friday. They the the Hasbro toy company did it a couple years. I mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah. had to go get a ticket to get in line to purchase. Because stuff. a couple years ago, we got a My Little Pony, and you had gotten the uh, ticket for yeah, for, to get a so, My Little Pony. So for my it kind of started with that. So okay, I don't know. It was if, for Lon, the My Little okay. Pony. It was cute though. It had I love the way I can comb its hair. Hey, but anyways, the hair play. But it made a lot of sense because they they do the ticket lines up in the autograph area where there was a lot more room, mm-hmm. so they could have longer lines. And they they did the the smart ones had come back in like at this time frame. Here's the thing that I liked with the ticket thing was for the Hall H stuff back in the good old days when everybody was crowding. Like let's say an Iron Man panel ended, they would have people from the studios just waiting at the doorway and handing people bags. Well, they stopped doing that. Now they just hand people tickets, mm-hmm. and then you go, then you the go upstairs at room twenty nine A B or whatever. The fulfillment room. The fulfillment right. room. I just wanted to go in that room and, and be so fulfilled. I went there twice. So Were basically, you I no, I saw something that's that where I your wanted, comes but I from. had to get something else. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's what I'm just saying. Though I thought <laughs> that worked a little better because then you could have sure. a big long line and the line <laughs> moved pretty fast. So fun to pet. But you could. Get I was always stuff. looking around on the floor to see if anybody dropped any tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah probably. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> but it just seemed. Here's the other thing, though. It just seemed like more people. The story would not have worked out either way. <laughs> it just seems like more people, though. We're trying to get all the exclusive swags so that could go eBay. You know what I mean? Like it just well, and we noticed that now because like Wednesday night, Stephanie green being lantern. small got these Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. I got Thank the, you, the Stephanie. Right, the right You're to buy welcome. this Green Lantern figure, <laughs> which I felt well, okay, she's got the right. I'm right here. Let me buy one. And then I turned around and sold it to Nate for exactly what I paid for it. And if I'd waited a day, I would have tripled the investment mm-hmm. on the floor of the con. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just secondary don't market. I just don't think that way. So what did Nate get for his on eBay? Nothing. He opened his. Oh, okay. So. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. You are my friend. At least I feel that it went to a good home. <laughs> I want to make sure Green Lantern has a good home. <laughs> no, but actually, he I was with those abusive Owens but, for so oh, long. No. Oh, really? I know. 
But later last week, I actually went to a to a, a like a big, huge action figure show warehouse. Action to, figure emporium. Uh, yes, really, out in City of Industry, and I got the Golden Age two versions of the Alan Scott, uh-huh. both the New Justice Society one boxed and an and a loose one from the two thousand so release. You got a display for five bucks. Wow! Wow! So oh, I got two Owens for six bucks. You know, you can do the Owen to Gleep conversion now. <laughs> a little sculpty. Ouch. <laughs> have we checked eBay to see how much a Gleek is going for? Yes, no. I have. And how much is a Gleek going for? Hurt me. The Gleeks by themselves are going for like 50 bucks. What? You mongers. I hate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're ruining it for the rest of us. Let's move on. Move on. What else did pet you... The pet the triple. Pet the triple. Pet the triple. Um, pet the triple. Put the lotion on the triple. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I saw the Black Beauty vehicle with the Green Hornet and Kato posing in front of it. <laughs> okay. Cool. That was cool. I got but not Seth Rogen because no one knows who no, Kato is. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll post those pictures. Excellent. Hey, Kato. Why, I can't do Seth Rogen. Sorry. No. Okay. Um, yeah, how about comics? I mean, we we'll talk about the things you got that you liked. And well, we ran into one of our favorite uh, comic, uh, graphic novel, uh, novel guys series. Uh, <laughs> this is an awkward segue. Go ahead. Oh, that's the uh, Hatter M. Uh, uh, that would be Automatic Pictures. Yep. Uh, yes. Now, Who's Frank the Bedor. Frank Bedor. B e d d o r. I go or by- I call him Frank Bedor. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he does. He'll tell me. Um, yeah, and I say I go by the automatic pictures because, of course, what we know is it's the Looking Glass Wars. Yep. Uh, and it's a huge self-generated franchise that I, I really like. And I, but I don't want to give credit to automatic pictures because he started this because he wanted to make a movie out of this. And instead it's turned it into a trilogy of novels. And an online card game. An online card game. Uh, he has uh, two of, two graphic novels now. One two graphic, and, and certainly that shows no sign of. I mean, there I gotta say was a brilliant way to set up the franchise because the graphic novels Hatter M. Uh, I can't remember what the first one was subtitled. I, I can't remember, remember what this would be like Mad Hatter. Yeah, yes. okay. It's a, sci- it's a science fiction, basically it's a science fiction re- retelling of Alice Multiple in Wonderland. Dimensions. and Alice Liddell was kind of. Princess Alice of Wonderland was exiled here. She told the story to Charles Lutwidge Dodgson, who is Lewis Carroll, and he wrote the novel Alice in Wonderland. You just blew my mind. I know. <laughs> he misinterpreted it. He misinterpreted it, and she gets back to Wonderland, and that's what the novels are about. About the Red Queen's war against, uh, against Elise. And, and, again, and against magic and against imagination. And but he did such a brilliant thing with having Hatter M come Hatter Madigan follow but get lost, and so he has like decades to play with, a couple of decades to play with the adventures of Hatter Madigan, which are what these graphic novels are, which are just great little and, anthologies of him running into and what, people. And what periods. really impressed me about about this so at Comic Con was the release of the second graphic novel, right. And uh, Rick and I saw it and went, wait a minute, you know, come on, we didn't, you know, we we had the, you gave us the first one, where, where was the love? And uh, so he, he let us have it because it had just come out Wednesday. Yeah, so the, the artist for this one, the first one was, the ben, was Temple ben Templesmith and mm-hmm. absolutely fabulous. So who's got to follow Templesmith? Somebody I've never heard of before, Sammy Finnish guy. McEnwin? Sammy McEnwin, yeah, he's done a couple things for... Uh, Renegade Press or Desperado Press. Okay. Um, 
But uh, I thought he was evocative of Temple Smith style. Stepped in brilliantly. But, but had brought his own. A lot of Bill Sinkovich. What's that guy's Bill Sinkovich. Sinkovich. Um, influence. But what's did you've now you've not finished it. Yes, but I'm willing to – I have not finished it, but I'm still willing to say I'm really enjoying it. I just yeah. ran out of time. The, the, it, it, if you look at it at first glance, it looks kind of simplistic, the art style. If you look at it, if you look at it stronger, there's some incredible stuff in the I'm going to say and, I, I actually – I think this guy is better than Temple Smith. Yeah, I, I, it's I, a, I've got a soft spot in my, in my heart for Temple Smith. I like Temple but Smith. I would, but I wouldn't argue very strongly against that statement. This guy really is an up-and-coming star. Um, and it's it's wild, dreamlike uh, art, yep. and it should be. And the writing's sharp. I love the Madigan. Uh, Everything about how to uh, – yeah. And I don't know. It seems to me I could be wrong and maybe, Frank, we, if you're listening or if you choose to listen at some point, maybe we should have him call in and, and do an interview with him yep. because, one, obviously you and I are fans. You've been a fan longer, but, but I'm hooked. And what I think is um, interesting is I don't think he – did this as individual issues. The first graphic novel was no, originally, I don't think so, but it's still fra- it's still it's phrased still, that it's still, way. It's the, still uh, broken up into chapters like individual comic books. But I don't think he did that. Instead, Automatic Press, uh, Automatic Pictures published it themselves. Yeah, hardback graphic novel, and it's you know yeah, and um, you know the first miniseries, the first graphic novel was published by Image. This self-published, and it is a beautiful book, and yeah. I, I say probably even a, a slightly better packaging. Than I think the cover is done by is Cavalier. Liz Cavalier was she. This is co-writer. Oh, this is co-writer. That's, okay, so uh, so Sammy did the the cover too. Then because yes. that's a slightly different art style than the interior. Yeah. So, so I, that was a great find, a great discovery there. Yeah. And then he has a children's book, The Diary of Princess Alice. So it's been out for uh, a little while. You hadn't yeah, seen it before. I, I hadn't seen it. I got before. it for Debbie for Christmas, I think, and last year. So I gave it to my daughter. I'm going to wait. She's going to. That's her review to do. Uh, <laughs> to tell me what's what. she doing on that? Uh, not not well not <laughs> at the moment. Uh, you know, she's like, oh, okay, because I also bought for her kid Beowulf. Wolf. Right. And so he gave her that, and I think that's what you'll enjoy that one too. I, I read it. I read it because yeah. Dad was. What did you think of the art style? Um, I thought it was good. I, I could see it as a cartoon, and some of the story he was telling there wasn't cartoony enough to match right. Right. what his art style was. I, I really like when he takes the camera and draws way back, and he's got these these. Um, oh, village, I, village shots with yeah. everyone doing different things. I think he's a really good. He's a really good artist, and he's a, now, now remind me of his name. Um, I don't remember because we, we both went up. Well, Sorry, I went up and lauded him. But after after you left on Sunday, I immediately like turned a corner and found him. We oh, good. Yeah. For him, you know, <laughs> so I said, okay, here we go. Um, and uh, I I was really impressed by that story. I'm looking forward to the second uh, volume. The Song of Roland is coming out. Yeah. I think. It'll be out in time for WonderCon next year. So, but we give that thumbs up to um, absolutely Kid, ba- Kid, Kid Beowulf. Beowulf. And uh, uh, another one I found that people, other people have been talking about. I actually picked this up at SuperCon, but I saw they had a really nice booth at, at Comic Con. Lackadaisy, have you, do, have you seen I this? I've seen that. Okay, this is this is a graphic novel. Oh, and Stephanie, we must say Happy goodbye day. to Stephanie. Goodbye. But drive carefully. She's off to work at Tommy at City Lights Theater Company. She's doing lighting for that. So. She's not just our lighting director and archivist. I'm the follow spot. She's the follow spot for City Lights Theater Company. Wow. So, See you, Steph. Bye. They have never been better followed. Um, anyway, Lackadaisy is – I thought that when I walked by the booth at Supercon, these guys were kind of doing like a manga thing and I normally d- 
this normally wouldn't catch my attention, but it's cats. No, and let let that not be what turns out. The story of a of a New Orleans speakeasy with cats. Okay. And as the patrons? As the patrons. It's all – I mean that's the citizens. It's a, it's a cat world. Um, anthropomorphized, anthropomorphized cats? Anthropomorphized cats. Okay. It is such a great – it just has that feeling of the jazz age. The story is really cool about this you know, guy, this young musician slash bootlegger trying to make it and keep the speakeasy alive. And it is just – it, it 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 felt like watching the sting for the first time or something you know it just it like it was really strangely evocative with cats with cats <laughs> with these bootleggers and everything's like, better with cats it, not necessarily okay. but in this case i would this i would say so this is a publisher out of out of sacramento and i got to write it up because i i want to at least run a picture on the site and 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 turn people on to this because it was really really well written and usually i see something like anthropomorphized cats and it's oh historical oh what's it called again Lackadaisy, and that's the name of the speakeasy uh, okay. that they all, that he works for, and you know the owner is now she inherited it from her husband, and and you know it's it despite them being cats, you really believe the characters that existed before, you know that they had a history, and there was a legitimacy to them and relationships. It was just it's really well done. I'm not doing justice, but because it's not. It's almost like the way Fritz the Cat looked, only it's not dirty necessarily, okay. it's, but it's adult. It's, but it's a comic style. It's a comic style. It's okay. really, really good. I think I actually have it in the trunk of my car, and I'll show it to you afterwards. Um, so I was, I really dug that. I also picked up this thing from Arcana called Coney Waves, which uh, I think is in talks for a movie deal. It's a, it, it's kind of like Honey West. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a, it's the second Honey West. Comment this quarter, which is odd. Yeah, but I know, I know you'll get it. Yeah. Um, no, Coney Waves is a, and this will this will get Lon's attention back in. Is that she's a former stripper in Honolulu. Well, it's funny as I saw like a Honey West poster at Comic Con, maybe. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Somewhere. Anyway, Coney Waves is a is a former stripper who turned cop on the Honolulu police force and then started getting involved with too many supernatural cases so she becomes a, a private investigator. And so they had two volumes and I bought both because I got a good deal on them. Um, and I think there's another one coming where they're going to – like Honey, uh, Coney Waves versus uh, Evangeline or one of those okay. – uh, one of Rob one Liefeld's of creations, which yeah. I, I don't understand that. But I thought – it 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 was it was really evocative of like a '60s detective show, and it was re- it, it was kind of cool. And each, I guess, if it had been an individual issue, each trade it was like four different stories, four or five different stories. Uh, but each story stands on its own, but all dealing with a different kind of uh, Hawaiian uh, mythology. And so it, it was really kind of a kind of a cool book. It's a little unevenly written sometimes little, little jumps in logic and the storytelling but it was fun it was definitely kind of I, I felt like oh, yeah that was a good that was a good investment to, to pick up over, over there always glad to discover a new book yeah but, I picked up volume two of heart eight yeah oh yeah which which yeah, we had got a year the, ago or two years ago was, you, I think it was two years ago at super uh, wondercon that I picked that up and you read that one didn't you Lon? which one heart, heart eight. eight hard eight indie comic about a this uh, <sighs> He's like an assassin or something, and he's had both of his index fingers removed by some gang. Oh, you monster. lent it to me, yeah. and I don't remember. But it. they're still around there. They've got a, a second volume out. I haven't read it yet. I just picked it up there, just based on the fact that I really liked the first one. So, 
Well, that's good. I uh, Another one that I had gotten that had gotten sent to me, but I read in the wake of Comic-Con because it was launched there, was this Ultima Thula, and I have a, I saw the, the, a review of that up on the site. And uh, it was an, an interesting book, definitely kind of a sci-fi. I mean, I already wrote it out there that what I felt like it was like, like renting, because you and I were talking a lot about Charles Band movies right. at Comic-Con, looking for them when they had a booth, you know. Um, like I used to love – That's get, Full Moon Productions. Full Moon Productions, yeah. Uh, but Charles Bam was the director, right, yep. and the owner. Yeah. Um, and I used to love renting those movies, uh, yep. Puppet Master, but even uh, the bigger sci-fi things. Um, With Tim Thomerson? Yeah, Tim Tom- uh, yes. Scanners. Uh, not no, Scanners. Trancers. 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 Um, you know, these, these just cheesy sci-fi epics. With uh, I'm trying to think, you know, it was kind of a stop motion animation for the aliens yep. and that kind of thing, and that's what Ultima Thula felt like. Like it, it, it was a, it, it's a work out of time, even though it's set very contemporaneously. It, I, and I, I, it appealed to me. I don't know if it's going to appeal to everybody because kids, kids today, but, it, but you know, I just saw it. It's like this should be filmed and it should be cheap, and <laughs> and it should move really fast. And I would totally dig renting this or buying this DVD, and ha- you know, I mean, which is like that Alien Trespass, those kinds of movies that are like, did you see a, everybody? It's kind of weird. It's like that the DVD, like the direct to DVD market, which is kind of big now in the DVD thing. It's kind of like how it was like in the old video store days, exactly. where you would go and you, like you said, like Puppet Master and all those movies. They never made theatrical releases, did they? They or? did limited re- theatrical releases. Yeah, like the only to. time I ever heard of those was when I'd go to the drive local in video theaters. store. Or, well, I used to work at, at uh, movie theaters in Westwood, mm. and there was always, and I always worked at one of the theaters that like was a fourplex. So there's always we'd have the Terminator, Amadeus, and. Um, he-Man and She-Ra, you know, like in the little tiny one. We'd always right. have one really cheap one, Ghoulies. I think that was one I saw about four or five Killer times. Clowns uh, from Outer Space. Didn't see that in the theater, but lordy do I love that movie. Yeah. You know, um, that's a great one. And and that that's, I just don't know. Sci-fi, and I'm, I think I'm pronouncing it right, sci-fi has not done a good enough job. Their movies are just bad yeah. when really they should be making that level of film that it's like this is fun. And yet I don't hear anybody say – They take themselves way too seriously for their production value, uh, for their you – know, what they throw into it. lack of yeah. production value. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah, because uh, again, the only long, one – Long scenes of people running through the forest and nothing happened What was that, commercial. you know, yeah. Mansquito or yeah. um, even that the one that – I know it wasn't really made for sci-fi, but, but when they did the adaptation of Man thing, yeah. which was just horrible. I mean it wasn't fun. There was nothing – you know, and it's just – Man thing did get a three – the original man thing got a theatrical Swamp release. thing did. Swamp. Swamp oh, you're right. Did. You're right. Ooh. No. No, man. I have sat through man thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man thing was horrible. With that light show at the end of yeah. the swamp. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there, I don't know if there's an outlet for that kind of thing, but I just want to, you know, when there are graphic novels like this, where we know that graphic novels are people are picking these up and going, let's make it into a film. Where's the cheap company that wants to just make a, a fun, cheap little movie like this? Did you see the booth for uh, – what was it? It was uh, – Crackwood the movie? No. Okay, here's the pitch. It's the yeah. first clown spaghetti western movie. Hmm, sounds so interesting. So people ride llamas and stow horses in this. Okay, I'm not for that. And the 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 name talent? Ron Jeremy. Oh, that's why Ron Jeremy was there. Yes. Okay, so maybe you saw Ron Jeremy. Then? No, I heard. Uh, I had a couple. Yeah, pe- produce, I yeah. had a couple friends had uh, Ron Jeremy sightings, and I couldn't figure out what he was there for. 
And uh, and uh, mm, but like uh, the clown spaghetti western movie where they why not know. okay so so there again they're definitely not taking themselves there's too room for that kind of thing yeah. where 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 is somebody taking a shot and where can we find these um, it's a lost art and I'm hoping that it's revived and I would like somebody to take a graphic novel like this not just do, like this do the, do do the, the younger Mugula. generations though appreciate the ironic movie anymore or? I think all they do appreciate is irony they Let's don't hope. they don't get why it's ironic yeah Shaun of the Dead was it a good example of that no but that was a well made satire movie well, you, you, you know what you I mean know, like, still a low budget and, yeah but it was well made it's, it's Edgar Ray yeah that, may, that yeah. might that might even be a different conversation to have on I agree with you that some of that is lost people don't know what the source is because that used to be all I mean that's how we entertained ourselves before we could go to bars and everything else well, like, we went to bad movies like I'm going to say and, you, and, and now it's all too big the bad movies are these huge things like the upcoming G.I. Joe but we hope. Like what I know – well, I hope it is a good bad movie. I don't even know. Well, I, I hope it's hope terrible. That. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that later. And it crushes and burns and flames. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, yet, and yet are you going to pay full price to see it Friday night? I will. Yes. That's what I thought. But uh, what I noticed was an interesting thing is it was at the Alien Trespass uh, press conference and I got a poster. Eric McCormick signed a poster to me. This big – it looks like an old 50. Good for you. No, I'm just kidding. Which, <laughs> hey, Lon. That's my Christian Bale impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a soundbite of that. Good for you. Re- remind That's me supposed that to be Christian Bale? R- yeah. Christian Bale. Uh, remind oh, me I have Bale. a comment to make on that. Um, <clears throat> okay. So uh, that, uh, that the poster was all 50s, and that was meant for whatever theatrical release they got in movie theaters. Then I got the DVD cut. got home yesterday and saw we got the DVD to give away. Okay. And the DVD makes it look like any horror film of the modern era. Oh, it doesn't have that style, 50s stylized so, the poster. So there's and... nothing. So everything that movie's about yeah. and meant to make people like. That's because the talented people hired someone else to do their marketing. I guess. And, and, and there's nothing and about. And maybe they thought, though, but horror is big right now with the kids. So maybe they thought they would horror, get But it's not even horror. It's like sci fi. It's like old sci fi. But I mean, if there was a horror esque type. Well, it is a monster movie. It's an alien monster movie. No, but I mean, movie. a horror esque type cover that would some kid at the video store maybe, might pick Maybe, but up. they're all set in the fit, you know. Yeah, they're, gonna, they're not going to get the movies that that advertises. It's horrifically. I'm just saying that's a good thing of marketing. Yeah. Right, because GI Joe makes it look like that's cool too, right? No, I'm just saying though. It's like it's like you were saying. It's if they put it to match what kids might pick up off the rack, they might not get what they're buying or think well, they're I buying. Well, I think we should just be hanging out at video stores, making kids rent these things. We need to just bring back the bad film festival. I had one more book that I wanted to bring up. Okay, by all means, do. We've already talked about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, right? Yes. And we know that there's the uh, Sense, Sense and Sea Sense, Monsters. Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, But yes. there's another – have you heard about the new edition of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? They're doing an heirloom edition, hardback, red cloth binding with gold embossed and a, and a, and a ribbon. Talk about dead horses – Beating. Lon wants to pet the triple. Why didn't you just say you wanted to pet the triple? I didn't want to interrupt you. I just wanted you to hand me the triple. Anyway. Did Stephanie leave that for you? Or? Yes, that was, oh, okay, she that had was for you. Okay. Yes. Stephanie, you forgot your triple. No. It almost looks like one of them snowballs. And just don't don't lick the triple. You can pet the triple. I was going to bite your triple. You but I'm, don't I'm, bite the triple. Keep I'm going to find somebody to give my uh, current copy of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and I'm going to be buying the heirloom edition. You know, I just got that. It's something you want to hand down. No, I don't know. I, actually, that was I. 
explained Black Lanterns to my son last night. Ooh. Yeah, scary accidentally. Scary, Daddy, scary. A- accidentally because I said, oh, it's the Green Lantern and it said something about Yellow Lantern. And so Allie was asking and I said, and the Black Lanterns are all zombies. And Luke just says, I do not like zombies. I have nightmares. Okay, bye, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he takes after you. He does. He does. That poor boy is my son. Oh. Um, Are we done with comics? Well, or? we're going to say there was a direct-to-DVD thing that was coming out there uh, was the El Super Bisto. Yeah, the Rob Zombie. The Rob Zombie cartoon animated film. They were based. showing a really long preview of it, and, and you can find the uh, – It's part of it's on YouTube right now. You okay, and that's from Anchor Bay Entertainment, which has been specializing in direct-to-video. Again, hopefully more quality, although they also had – it was a it was a one of those fun to watch very frenetic uh, animation mm-hmm. a lot of uh, about a luchador taking uh, I think he's a zombie luchador taking on uh, other supernatural menaces yeah odd in that it's voiced by stand up comic Tom Pappas Pappas yeah, I thought aren't you Papa Talikas I don't know yeah, I don't oh know. you know he's a clean comic and Pappas he, you may yeah. not, you might no, not I'm know familiar him. with the Pappas you might not know him and, uh, I think he was just on Chelsea lately Rob Zombie's know. wife does voice in it Sherry Moon Sherry Moon mm, Zombie yeah yes. yeah so yeah. The, I mean yeah, it looks good and then that was in the same booth as the Spartacus Blood and Sand as, Spartacus as well as uh, Stan Helsing the, I didn't uh, see that. That Stan Helsing is the uh, horror film parody now with the descendant of Van Helsing, who's going to take on all the modern movie monsters, the Freddy and and Jason. And I love guy. it. And it was with love the concept. It also had with Kenan Thompson as an overweight Keenan. superhero. So sounds like a winner. Yeah. So uh, that should be interesting. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of it. Uh, Actually, driving back from San Diego on Sunday evening after the con at 5 was not as bad as it has been in years past. So maybe there's something to your theory. It was slow, but it was not as slow as it had been. I heard it was crazy getting out of there at that time. Well, it's always crazy. Mm. But it was not. It really did not take me as long to get back up as it has in years past. Leaving the hotel, I was packing my stuff So it takes you a long time to get back up in years past? or <sighs> Leaving the hotel, I was taking the elevator down from the 12th floor. Oh, yeah. And, so you uh, went down? I the elevator? was taking down. I might even go here now, <laughs> so I know where you'll take it. You've left for less. Okay, oh. go ahead. So, um, <laughs> Jesus, it was a good story. It was, now, now I'm the story re- has no point. I'm really trying to find a way to say this without lobbying. <laughs> no, you can't make it. I won't make any more comments. You can't. Go ahead. So yeah. I'm taking the elevator down. And I'm looking, and I'm the elevator opens, and there's a stately-looking man in the back, and there's nobody else there. And I walk in, I look at him again. I and I'd say the stupid fan thing. I said, are you who I think you are? And it was uh, it was John Noble who plays Walter on Fringe. And I didn't didn't realize the old guy? He, uh, yes. the okay. older yeah the and, and, he, and he just he just kind of he gave a very he just had sunglasses on. He could, we're in L, we're in New York enough mm-hmm. in L A. Everyone's got sunglasses on if they're in Hollywood. And this is true. And he said yes. And he just smiled. And I said, could I take your picture? And he said, of course. Hmm. And he so, got a nice picture. And I got a nice picture of Noble. Did you do the total hug Facebook? No, uh, I didn't picture. Do that. I didn't he just took a picture of him standing in the elevator because we were in an elevator. Oh, you should. Was it a mirrored elevator? No, because if it was a mirrored elevator, you could have stood next. I could have. It wasn't. It was all wood. Yeah. You know. I mean, I at your hotel there. That's true. I was standing in line to meet you for breakfast. Stood in line at Starbucks and and ran to Charles Vess. Yep. Uh, then who else? Did we Brian Talbot while we were interviewing Dave Gibbons, who called him over. You know, I mean, it's definitely kind of membership does have its privileges. It does. It's it nice. does. 
Yeah. And if we could afford the Marriott, we'd stay at the Marriott. Rick can. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. Five-minute walk. It, it was, I, I got no problem with that. Except yeah. it wasn't. You, nobody came. You, you, were the, you, came, you met with me for breakfast. Yeah. There was an, well, nobody has that time to actually <laughs> go to <laughs> do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but they did charge for internet, did they not? Was that the only? I tethered my phone. Sure, but I mean, but they did have a charge for it if you'd wanted thirteen dollars a day. Thirteen dollars a day, ridiculous. Yeah, that was ridiculous. On top of what I was already paying for the yeah, room. Yeah, if you're paying that much for a room, you give free internet. Yeah. Come on. See, that wouldn't have happened at a Hilton, but their internet or a is Holiday Inn. I love Hilton. I'm on a Hilton Honors member, and mm. I, I I like to endorse. Was there Hilton not a Hilton American. right down there? Do you hear that Hilton? Yeah, make that reservation early next year, Rick, because yeah. there is a Hilton right there. Okay. Uh, yeah, because the Hilton's the one on the other side. It was so new that their employees did not even know what the rooms were because I had a, I had to interview somebody at the Hilton, the Bayside, and I said, I'm supposed to go to this room. And they said, we don't have a hospi- <laughs> nice. hospitality lounge, nice. 34B or something like that. And said, There's no such room here. I said, how about just room 34B? Oh, well, if there is, you'd go up that escalator. Yeah. It was like I'm lost too. But yeah. We find our way there. But the con had expanded out there because it was actually that Hilton that they held the uh, Eisners. In yeah, and their, their see, ballroom. I thought there would be more events in the Marriott than there were. And what they had in the Marriott were they had the anime room, they had the mm-hmm. gaming room, and they had the hospi- the general hospitality suite there. So hmm. you could go in there and get snacks and drink anytime you want. Really? Yeah. No, next year I'll have to do that. Membership get, has its, its privileges. privileges. Clearly, clearly. On the way up in LA last week, I did check out a couple of, uh, I just wanted to say, Burbank comic book stores, not just Earth 2, but also discovered House of Secrets, which has been featured on many Secrets. DC animated uh, uh, oh, is releases. It was a place that they interview everybody. Uh, so, kind of a cool little store in Burbank, House of Secrets, Secrets. where apparently many of these studio people go because it's right down the street from Disney and Warner Brothers. It's a. Uh, it was a cool shop. What was the name of it again? Seacrest. You heard that. Seacrest. And then I stopped. I got lost. House in Bur- of Seacrest. Mm. House of Seacrest, indeed. Seacrest. Uh, uh, you can get anything you want except for Paula Abdul. So at uh, then I got lost in Burbank and found one called Emerald Knights. So date like the Greenland. That one sounds familiar. And it is a huge. Are you sure that wasn't an all men's bar? It was comic oh, books, okay. comic books, t-shirts, and gaming. And it was this is a Sunday. Yeah, this was you sure a, wasn't and cruising and cruising. Oh, it was okay. it was Sunday afternoon, and this was this place was packed and thriving with families playing Magic and Hero Clicks. A couple of the games I didn't know because you know I'm nice. not the big game, but it, and it had a lot of original art. It had it, it had a lot of original art. There was Neil Adams stuff. There was uh, um, the, the, uh, Ivan Rice. So a lot of Green Lantern um, of uh, Black as Night stuff. Okay, uh, really impressive. A two story two story shop. Wow, it was huge. So uh, that was kind of a neat discovery to go. Oh, this is kind of cool. I didn't buy anything there, but they had you know neatly subdivided everything out. Apparel, books, a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of Torchwood and Doctor Who stuff as well. We should Torchwood. do that. There's news on Torchwood, isn't there? <laughs> I, there could be. John Barrowman? Well, John Barrowman has said that he's gonna that he's in talks to be on Desperate Housewives because he's desperate to break into American television. Yeah. But I don't are we jumping been, segments? I don't think or that's or been confirmed, has it? I just read the rumor. Yeah, I think it's just a little rumor. Well, oh, I think it's, it's a that rumor he that comes out of his quote. Yes. That he was going well, if he does, I hope he bangs Terry Hatcher. 
Because she's into them Brits. He's American. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was a Brit. Because she did Dugray Scott, but he's a Scot, isn't he? I don't know. Or is he Irish? I don't know. You guys don't watch Desperate Housewives? I watch it. No, oh. I don't. But I Dugray I Scott Torchwood. was on you there for a season. And you should so. watch Torchwood, in which Captain Jack is the American character. Oh, right. He's. I think John Berman actually has dual citizenship, but his accent is. So American. technically, that would make him a Brit. <clears throat> technically, thank you. But he's also, he's also gay. <laughs> what? He's gay. So he would be gay on Desperate Housewives? Maybe not. Uh, who knows? No. <sighs> so you say he can't act like he's doing Terry Hatcher? I, everybody has to at some point. <laughs> so yeah, uh, exactly. Mm, Fade my dues. Dude. <laughs> Fantastic. That is horrible. How about let's talk about champions online. Uh, don't leave. Michael Goodson came in. Put down a copy leaving? of Green Lantern. No, I'm just going to go to the other side. He's, okay. He's going to look. you needed a minute. No, 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 no we need no, a minute. I, I, there's, I've got something for you. Okay. Okay. But I've got to do a, I've got to no, do a no. champions. Okay. You go on, do your little comic shopping. <laughs> okay. Rick, you're usually not this kind of a problem. So huh? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Champions Online. You got me into the early beta for press. Mm-hmm. And last Friday, I was able to spend a little time online with Champions. I was originally, I didn't didn't make an emphasis at, at doing it on a Friday because it was supposed to be open Saturday and Sunday as well, but that ended up not happening. So this is based on about three hours worth of play. So we've talked about Champions on, uh, online before. John Lehman was here. We talked about the uh, mm-hmm. the plots and such. So I want to talk about a little bit about the software. The software is really Current state-of-the-art uh, graphics, I felt that I had recently played um, City Heroes on mm-hmm. one of their free weekends because I used to play that all the time. This is definitely a cut above the City of Heroes graphics and rendering. The character creation is amazing. The amount of facial complexity and adjustment you can make is terrific. All the, the settings, Justin and I were sitting there and doing stuff that the costume and trying to recreate a character that I had done in City of Heroes, but it looks so much better um, overall. You get into the game, just like City of Heroes, it launches you into a set of tutorials to teach you about your powers. There's kind of this plot, you're in the middle of an alien invasion, you're fighting it off, you know, starting with the smaller critters first, you have to go in and deal with uh, getting some stuff out of a building to help them out. It's like little little tiny quests to help you do it. Um, powers were really cool. The visuals for the for I took an energy caster. Mm-hmm. A little at the end it was modeled, modeled after a little after Green Lantern trying to figure out if I could do anything with that. But I'm going to say from my initial three hours I think this is going to be a great game. My one ding, and I didn't really, this is probably going to take a little getting used to, it usually does, is in-game communication with other people Mm -hmm. um, because it's all like type and broadcast versus talking to somebody else. And I didn't try anything with, usually it's easier once you join a team with some people and you Mm -hmm. open a channel to that. So that wasn't immediately obvious to me, and I kept on getting messages from other people that I didn't know how to respond to. Okay. If I'd spent more time, and I probably would have caught up on it, but it wasn't as easy as it might have been. So, okay. But overall, uh, looking forward to it. You see, if you are an old-school Champions player, you see references to the old game. 
one of my mini quests. You never played it. No. There's a character, kind of a notorious character called Foxbat, who's kind of like a Batman ripoff, but a but kind of a roguish villain. Mm-hmm. And one of the missions was to uh, get Ro- Foxbat uh, untrapped from this rock slide and then go find his weaponry and stuff. So it was nice to see the callback to the original role-playing game. But not necessary for someone who's never played it. Mm, you wouldn't miss anything. It okay. wouldn't, you wouldn't be – you'd miss out on it, of course, because you didn't know it, but it wouldn't be any less uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, cool. Well, I, I think we'll be doing more on that as we get more absolute, time. To absolutely. Play it. Well, I think that's about all we got for tonight. So, you know, I uh, oh, I wanted to talk about digital comics. Oh, you want to talk about? That's right. You subscribed so the, to Marvel Comics to get the Nick Fury figure. I had to subscribe to Marvel Comics to, to Digital to, Comics Unlimited DCU from right. Marvel. I'd seen this stuff before and actually had signed up, but hadn't hadn't subscribed. So I already had an account with them. It's hard to tell how much of their past issues they've done in this format. I decided I was going to go back and read the Annihilation stuff from the prologue forward because I've I basically banked all. I bought that stuff. I didn't read any of it. So I've been reading through the Annihilation. That's what they were counting on you doing. Yeah, I know. I have big monitors at home. I'm not bragging. It's just a fact. Yeah. And so 23-inch wide monitors. You'd Ooh. think it'd be perfect for wa- for reading a comic book. But even at when I f- fully size the window against the screen, it's still a little bit too small. And the text gets crumpled a little bit, so it makes it hard to read. If you zoom in just one level, it becomes clear enough. And it doesn't zoom in that much. But what they have is they have a band at the top of the screen and a band at the bottom of the screen you can't get rid of. So you can't go to full screen. It's like on-screen on controls so you can click to advance through the comic book. Mm-hmm. But you can do the same thing with your space bar or arrow keys to advance the pages. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, it's kind of a – I'm feeling kind of like, wow, I, I can't imagine somebody with a smaller screen trying to read this comic book at all. They have a special mode which is called um, smart panels. Where they've gone into the comic, someone not only did these things get digitized, but they get separated because the comic panels get rendered separately from uh, from the word balloons and uh, dialogue, uh, the uh, yeah. the narrative balloons. So they have this smart panel thing that will actually zoom in on the panels, and you can click through, and it'll go through the panels in the order that you should read them, which is actually kind of neat because sometimes I'm sure everybody's read through dialogue on a page of panels that are not like. One, two, three, four, and realize later I just read the dialogue out of order. So damn you, Bendis! In one case, in one case, this is this is actually a little bit of an advance over comics. We brought a little bit of bitterness up, thanks, Rick. But it's sloppily done. So I'll advance to a panel and I'll get half a word balloon at the bottom, and when I advance again, I will advance entirely past that word balloon. So I have to zoom out to read that one word balloon and zoom in again. So on one hand. When I'm reading the smart panels, it's enlarged. The, the the artwork is just enhanced. It's really nice to look at. But on the other hand, I'm I'm not feeling like I'm getting the now, whole value Now, have here. you explored any of the – and there aren't very many – of the books that they – or the stories they've created just for I have not. The I, online. Want, I don't want so to. come back on that because I think what this points out, and I think the same thing is going with motion comics, any form of digital comics, as we were talking about with Dave Gibbons – Nobody was writing and drawing these things to adapt to this new media. Certainly not. And that has to become a new skill because the old way is – I mean you take a book like Watchmen. 
the panel construction, the layout on a page is meant specifically for that page. Right. You know, there's, there's an artistry to that, that if you just pick it up and put it panel by panel on your iPhone or, uh, or on TV, if that's, if whatever, it's still, that's doing something to the original artistic intent that just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so, and, and, and does, and clearly with the word balloon thing, screws things up. From time to time, so I will say it's nice the way they got the issues organized to be able to find it by character, by series, by date. And once you're into a series, it's easy to go from one issue to the next, to the next, to the next. That's all really well done. And I think, I mean, I would hope that somebody is still working on this as a as a work in progress. Because as a software designer myself, I look at this and I go, "Geez, you guys just didn't do enough beta testing to figure out the." The bugs here, so. and they've had that up for at least a Which, year. Yeah, a little so. longer than that, I think. But at least so. you got a Nick Fury exclusive action. I figure. did. Yeah. It's still in the box and mint with a little sheet. Oh, ooh. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So now we can say that's all we got for tonight. So uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. If you've got any questions, comments, complaints, commentary, hey, get right in at editor at FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Rick Brett Snyder, Lon Lopez, reminding, reminding you to. to Use your powers only for good. I won't be taught. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com. Are you going to tell your Gleek story? I, I think that the Gleek story is sort of leaked out throughout uh, the whole thing. You know, yeah. it was on the car. Uh, when the car made my heart hurt. I just love the fact that it was like it was. It was like we've got the we can't get in. We, we the lines are they're all sold out. I got a ticket. I lost my ticket. Oh, that story. No, I didn't tell that story. That was a good story because it still has a sad ending. It does. It does. <laughs> I wish I had realized earlier that no, I had an attendee badge and could have used it. Yeah, it's all right. The, en- the ending is fine because you, right. you matured and you realized that it didn't matter that much. I actually said that earlier and you said, <laughs> and you said, no! <laughs> you were the one that was like, we will not settle for this. And I didn't. I didn't. I was fresh and funky. And I was so fresh. Um, so, any, uh, the ladies could not get enough of my freshness. Ew. Yeah, um. ew, Rick, <laughs> ew. <laughs> I'm just doing a sound check. Right, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what, and if they start drawing old cap like ultimate cap, it's going to check me out. I hate it. That's this a is, good point. This is ultimate cap. 
This is not. That's a good. That's a good thing to uh, bring up. I will. You I'm do mad. It. You do it. I will. Long's mad. Get mad. Get angry. Don't show settle us, for less. Show <laughs> us the bull. Show <laughs> us the bull. Oh. Isn't there an acting uh, exercise where you do like lion and lamb or something? Or? Um, sunshine and prunes. And, yeah, there is. It, there's a lion. Like, like, show me lion. <laughs> show me lion. lion. <laughs> yes, and then we also do sunshine, prunes, sunshine. Prunes. That's hilarious. Uh, I think they did lion and lamb in Jay's Son and Bob Strike Back. That's what Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are doing to each other on the set of Goodwill Hunting too. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Lion, Arr, lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where I saw We have it. a dead hooker in Mr. Affleck's pattern. Ha! I did not have a hooker today. <laughs> wow, I have to watch that movie again. Damn, Rick, how many notes did you take? I wrote, I, as I unpacked, I wrote everything down that I pulled out of my bag. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Okay, well, um. Stephanie's only here for a short amount of time. How's so. it going when we got Stephanie with us? Yeah, we should yeah, just yeah, yeah. get going. Well, let's get going. Okay. And then surprises as you go along. Uh, Plug thanks, away. Thanks, Dr. Girlfriend. <laughs> Do no that pro- again. No problem. Wasn't that only, more- only for good. For good. <laughs> Wasn't that more a hot Harvey Fire? Did you thing? listen to the episode? No, I haven't yet. Okay. I just got people excited that they did a bumper for us. Yeah. I've been telling people all week. Oh, my God. I played the whole session of them recording the bumper. Oh, awesome. Because as they lead into it, I'm going to do a Dr. Girlfriend. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you oh, ready? I have to be Stephanie, ready. I haven't heard you. Hello. I'm You're talking. perfect. Thank you. Don't you hate hearing that? Over I hear it all and the time. over. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Uh, Don't yeah. roll your eyes. Well, I'm sorry. Ouch, that hurt. I strained myself. Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm ready. It's like I don't even know you anymore.